Well, we are in the second week of our series on confession, which is sheep talk. And so uh, I know we have uh, spurred some uh, curiosity concerning sheep. And uh, um, I did read an article uh, before last week's message that I found out that uh, apparently, through some studies they've done, that sheep are not the dumbest animal. They are one of the smartest animals. Uh, They just act dumb. (laughs) Uh, You know, maybe I like that study because we're like sheep, right? And so uh, you think, um, what is this? How, how How am I like a sheep? But, uh, you know, the sheep get so interested in what they're doing and what they're eating that they, uh, they uh, can kind of get carried away and distracted because they're so focused on eating, 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 eating. <laughs> and um, so Mary was asking earlier this morning about it, the sheep going astray. So uh, when I went back to pray and study right before I came out, I uh, did look up sheep a little more. And... Uh, found out that sometimes the sheep don't know uh, that they need to stop eating and that they need to lay down and to digest what they have eaten. And so the shepherd will actually sometimes take the sheep and lay the sheep over so that, so that uh, they can eat. And then if a sheep gets laid over, then they actually have to have help to get back up because they got all that fluff all that wool. And then uh, I also learned, this is all extra, all because of you, Mary. <laughs> I also learned that, you know, Psalm 23 says, you know, he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. That the reason that that meant a lot, because it's like the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me beside the still waters. One of the reasons that meant a lot, that the waters were still, was because sheep cannot be by moving waters or rushing waters, because if they get in that water, and that will uh, saturate their wool, and they will drown. Number one, they don't know how to swim. Number two, they get saturated with water, and they will drown, and they cannot be in that water. And so you need to have like water, but it needs to be still water. And uh, so on and so forth. We won't go any further there, I don't think. So um, I didn't find the ultimate answer, but we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Uh, but uh, sheep, it's an interesting study. So what I read this morning actually did say like, um, they act very dumb. It's like they can't really just help themselves. And uh, because it's like they're so consumed with what's right before their face that they don't like see everything else that's going on. And that's like uh, we are so many times. It's like we're so consumed with what is here today right now. And you can take that, take that every way the spirit directs you. (laughs) You can take that to say like you're concerned about today, today. What is it? The 23rd of September, uh, 2018. Or you could take it, you're so concerned about this week or you're so concerned about this year. You could take, you're so concerned about this natural life that you're not even focused on eternal things. Wayne Myers, a great missionary to uh, Mexico. I had the privilege of hearing him back in 2001 on a missions trip to Mexico City. And uh, he had been at that time, I think he was in his uh, almost 80 years old. He'd been uh, there for so many years uh, ministering uh, in Mexico. And he said a statement that never left me uh, in a little meeting we had with him. He said, live life in light of eternity. Live life in light of eternity. And you know, uh, that's a good statement. 
so that you're not uh, just living for today. But you can do the same thing. I mean, you could be a young person and you say, well, like, I don't want to take all this extra time to study and go through these courses and do these classes and, and uh, uh, waste all my time. I could be doing this. I could be doing that. Well, but if you've got uh, something stern in your heart concerning that you need to be uh, in a certain profession that requires that, well, then you're not going to get there just by hoping. You actually have to take that desire that you have and you put feet to it and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do, so I need to go to school, so I'm going to believe God. I'm going to the best school, and I'm going to believe God that I can study and I can learn and I can um, have the mind of Christ and I'll actually be above all my peers because I have the Spirit of God helping me and coming alongside. And, um, and so uh, life was never meant to be lived on your own. But life was meant to be lived with God. And now, God can come and live on the inside of us. So, praise the Lord. Let's look at, we'll begin at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And we're talking about the words of our mouth or our confession, what we're saying. A lot of times people, uh, when we say the word confession, I know in the church I grew up, if you heard confession, uh, well, you're going to think like, okay, let's all confess right now. If we said that, everybody would say like, I don't want everybody to know all that, (laughs) right? Because you think you're going to confess your sins. Well, uh, you should confess your sins. If you sin, you know, confess your sins, uh, you know, People get in a ditch, they get to far extremes on almost every subject, especially Bible subjects. So they say like, I hear people say, well, you have to confess every sin that you've ever done. That's not really possible. <laughs> I'm not even saying because like you're such a, such a sinner, like you sin so much. I'm not saying that. I'm saying like, can you remember everything? No, when you come to Christ, the Bible says, Repent. That means turn from the way you were going and turn towards Christ. Of course, if you have something that you need to confess, if it's bothering you on your heart, confess it. But you, but you can't get stuck. People get stuck there, and then all, and then then they they do a whole uh, lifestyle based on that. That you have to confess all the time, do this and do that and do. No, or they say like you have to go back to your childhood and forgive your parents. Well, if you have something to forgive your parents for and you have unforgiveness in your heart, that will hinder your faith. You need to forgive your parents. Uh, But you can't, if you're always looking back and trying to figure out, um, well, why don't I have the relationship with God that I want to have? Or why am I having this trouble? Why am I having that trouble? You know what? You are just so self-centered and looking at yourself instead of looking to Jesus. Wow, I didn't mean to become that strong, but that's the truth. Praise the Lord. So the thing is, we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him. And so the gospel message is a message of freedom, and you can even be free from yourself. You can even be free from your own inabilities or your own lack of, of strength or smarts or uh, you know anything that you don't have, finances, whatever you look and you say, like, I wish I had that. If I had that, then I could be this kind of person. I would be this kind of person. You know what? How sweet it is to be loved by him and how sweet it is to have an inability and watch God's strength be made perfect or come to maturity in your weakness. So you have like this strength and, you know, maybe you have this ability and, and uh, you, you're like, well, I, you know, look, I could do this. Look what I did. I did this. 
that's like satisfying for about a day. <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, that was pretty good. But when it's something that only God could do, and you chose to trust God because in that area you don't have the ability and God showed up. That does something deep on the inside of you that you could never do on your own. That your own strength, your own abilities, your own smarts, as smart as you think they are, that, that, that could never um, cause you to take a leap forward in the things of God. Actually, those type of things many times are what hold you back. One of the reasons I believe that Jesus said it's harder for a rich man, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to come into the kingdom is because many times a rich man doesn't feel that he needs anything or she needs anything, including God. Well, I got this all figured out. And look, I, I, through, through my own wisdom, I have gotten these riches and I've, I've done this and I've done that. So why do I need God? Well, because if you'd look deep in your heart, your, right, your, your life is really purposeless beyond this uh, uh, realm of time. And so there is a deep purpose, and uh, it's really easy for a rich man to be born again if he just looks to God. It's a matter of are you looking to the Lord? And so what we say makes a big difference. Uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One translation says, My, our faith is giving substance to the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So you don't ever want to like uh, get rid of hope because hope is really how you're going to have faith. First, you have to have hope. And uh, lately, I've, you know, I've been uh, chewing on hope a little bit, and uh, I found out that hope is confident expectation, but also hope is yearning. So a hope is like a hunger or a desire. And so if you throw out hope, you're, you're kind of in a, in a very precarious situation because you, uh, faith is the substance of what you yearn or desire for. Like, I'm looking for this, right? So if you're looking for, I want to have like enough finances when I retire, well, that's like a hope. But you really don't have faith for finances when you retire till you start to invest or you have something that you're doing that will actually make the possibility that you'll have the finances for when you retire. So you could sit there and you could say like, well, I'm going to invest for my retirement. You know, I'm going to have, you know, I want to have $5 million when I retire. I want to have a million dollars when I retire or wherever you want to have, you know, and, uh, or I want to retire. I remember when I was in the military, people would say, I want to retire at 40 as a millionaire. Well, that's Okay. But next year, are you saying the same thing and have you done nothing else? So uh, you got to have that desire. What does that desire make you do? Or you have a desire for a particular job or a position or to live in a certain place. Well, you're going to start to find out about that and how do I get from where I am to there? Why? Because you had that desire. And then when you start to take those steps, that is your faith in that speaking. That is, you're, you're walking that out. And so um, sometimes I think we get so, uh, we put things off in a um, mystical, spiritual realm that we're smarter with natural things than we are with spiritual things and we don't understand. Wait a second. If I want to have a healthy body and I find in the word that it says, by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. Well, that, that means that I was healed 
well, that means that, that if I was healed, I should be healed now. So what do I have? I have a desire for health in my body now. But if that's all I have is that desire, and I think, well, yeah, it should be that way. What is the difference between that and saying I have a desire to retire with $5 million and think like, well, maybe the government will raise Social Security. Maybe it'll just happen. I mean, all of us probably could raise our hands and say like, I sure wish I would have started investing at the age of 19. I got compound interest, man. <laughs> but why didn't we? We were just focused on the here and now, today, right? And uh, we always, well, once I have this much money, then I'll have enough money to invest. Well, you usually start with what you have. And, um, and then you go from there. So faith is the substance of things hoped for or expected confidently or yearned for. It is the evidence of things not seen. And so let's go over to Mark chapter 11, um, and we'll read verse 22 through 24. And Jesus answering them said unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things that he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Now I just got to take this, maybe it's because I'm chewing on it, but I'm taking a side journey just real quick. And that is, you notice in verse 24, it says, uh, what things soever you desire, like yearn for, like confidently expect, You're, you have a connection between faith and hope yet again. And so what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. So it's almost like Jesus is saying, you've got to have a desire first. Once you have a desire, then all of a sudden, now you can act in faith and it can become reality. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is better than touching it. Faith is giving substance. So you, you hope for something, but there is no substance to it. You can't grab hold of it. You can't eat it. But faith is that substance. So you have hope, and then faith gives that hope some tangibility. And you know, in my personal experience acting in faith, I have had substance, of the substance of faith be more real than the tangibility of touch. Is that a confusing way to say that? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> in other words, you can know more in your heart that this thing is done and taken care of because God has got it than something you could produce with your own hands, something you could do on your own. It's more real. Why could it be more real? Do you know that everything that's seen has been made from the unseen realm? And God is in the unseen realm, and God is a God of faith. He is a faith God. Faith is what moves the hand of God. And so your faith, without a confession, will do you no good. It's like retirement without an investment. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? 
Like you, you have to actually put something into it in order to have a return on that. I'm talking like natural retirement things. But even in supernatural retirement things, you know, you can get as big or bigger return on your financial sowing into the kingdom of God than you do like your uh, saving. You know, the Bible teaches both. The Bible, uh, if you read Proverbs, you'll find that uh, you are supposed to save up for the future. And so um, I'm telling you now, so when you're ready to retire, don't come and say, I didn't tell you. <laughs> uh, and the Lord said, I'll bless your storehouse. So if you've got a storehouse, if you don't have a storehouse, how's he going to bless it? So if you had faith that he was going to bless your storehouse and uh, you, you don't have a storehouse, well, then your faith speaking would be, I'm going to go get a storehouse called an IRA <laughs> or some other type of financial investment. Some people invest in real estate. There's many ways, of course, you can invest. This is not an investment lesson. Not supposed to be, at least. <laughs> but your demonstration that you believe that God, that scripture that says, I will bless your storehouse, if you really believed that, you would have a storehouse. Well, if you really believed it and you desired it. Some people, some people say, well, like, Jesus is gonna come in my lifetime, so I don't need any retirement. Do you know how many people have said that? <laughs> I believe that same thing, but I have retirement. I don't plan to retire. I just increase my giving. <laughs> All right. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Jesus said, you know, that he cursed the fig tree, and they're like all amazing. He said, have faith in God, or lay hold on the faithfulness of God, or have the faith of God. Jesus wouldn't tell us to do something that we could not do. So he's saying, like, this kind of stuff that I'm going to talk to you about right now, this is probably the most comprehensive, I think it is the most comprehensive statement that I'm aware of that Jesus made about faith. And when he made this statement, you know, he's saying, this is not have faith in yourself. This is not have faith in your church, in your pastor, in your favorite minister or favorite ministry. He's saying, have faith in God. And that is in response to the disciples' amazement at something in the natural that changed by words. Like They're like, master, the tree that you said, spoke to or you cursed is withered away from the root like you changed the foundation of this thing in the earth. You didn't just change like the top and the external appearance, but you know, like the whole root system was affected because of your words. And so I can just imagine being with them and watching Jesus and then being in the, you know, with them the next day and saying, Lord, you just said words and the roots, it dried up from the roots. You didn't take like a pickaxe and go under the ground and chop it. You spoke it. So they're like in awe. Do you remember what they said about Jesus? One of my favorite statements about Jesus, about his speaking. Remember what they said? No man ever spoke like this before. He speaks as one with authority. 
authority like one that created and authority like when he speaks, it happens. So he said, no man eat fruit of you here ever after. Hallelujah. But he said, then have faith in God. Do you remember what he said about um, why he does, did what he did and said what he said? He said, I don't do this of myself. I'm only saying and doing what I got from my father God. And then he said, you all are amazed at this. You do the same thing. I had faith in God myself. Do you understand? Yeah. How did he have faith in God? He heard what God said, and he acted on it by speaking. So then he just heard it, and he repeated it. You know, confession is the Greek word homologio, or excuse me, homologeo. I'll get it right. Because <laughs> it's um, homo means the same, and lego from the legos or the word of God. So homologeo is saying the same thing as God says. So Jesus, that's, that was his whole life and ministry. What he said and what he did is what God said and what God showed him. That was his whole life and ministry. And if that was our whole life and ministry, wow, we'd have so much fun. <laughs> and it could be. He said, have faith in God. For really listen closely to what I'm saying right now. Right? Verily. That's what he said. For verily, I say unto you, whoever will say to this mountain, be removed to be cast into the sea and not doubt in his heart, but will believe those things that he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Now, you notice in King James, the word say or says is there three times, and the word believe is just there once. So um, many times, we're believing, but we're not speaking. I know um, before I, uh, when I started to realize, um, let's go to Romans chapter 10. When I started to realize for my own self, like, uh, I'm not saying the right things. I'm actually saying the wrong things. Uh, this is not good. I feel like when I was a little kid, I'm going to tell my age. Sorry, Dylan Kimber. Um, when I was a little kid, I see a Gomer Pyle. Golly! <laughs> That's really kind of how I felt. So... Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 6. We'll come back to Mark 11 in just a second. Well, you know, I think we make a mistake sometimes. We don't give context. So I'll, I'll start in Romans chapter 8, verse 32. No, verse 31. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. So they're, they're after this, and this is what they want to attain, but they did not get it. Uh, why? Because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law. So they're not, they're not trying to grab hold of this by trusting in God, like Jesus said, have faith in God. They're trying to do it through what they could accomplish. For they stumbled at that stumbling stone. 
And we, well, I shouldn't say we. Uh, I have stumbled at that stumbling stone in my life. You know, where you're all of a sudden like, you're like, well, no, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. And, uh, and then you find like, oh, I'm not really trusting the Lord. I'm trusting myself. As it is written, verse 33, behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone, a rock of offense, and whoever believes on him will not be ashamed. Glory to God. That's, that's, that's good. Uh, but I'm not going to go. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Mm. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, are going about to establish their own uh, are going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law to, uh, for righteousness to everyone that believes. In other words, if you want to end of uh, trying to get to God or get in good graces with God through what you do, you got to come to Christ, and that'll end it right there. Because what he did just severed that. Because he did everything he did, he did completely and he did perfectly. And he put a total end to the need for you to try to live right in your own strength and your own power and your own ability. Hallelujah. See, they didn't, verse 2, they didn't do it according to knowledge, according to knowing God. They did it according to themselves. And in, in our new life, we're not just to know about God or about the things of God, but we are to know him personally. And the only way that you can know him personally is by his son, Jesus Christ. No one can come to the Father but through me. People try to go to God. But you know, if you come through Jesus, God becomes your father. And you become part of a family. Yeah. Amen. I'm talking about, I have four children and I love my children dearly and I'll sacrifice for my children, but I guarantee you God is a better father than I am. He's my best example. So we've come into a father, a family with a father that is flawless. But the righteousness of, which is of faith or the righteousness which is of trusting God and turning away from your own abilities or surrendering yourself to the lordship of Jesus Christ, the righteousness that's of that kind of faith speaks and it speaks like this. Say not in your heart who will ascend to heaven, uh, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up again from the dead. But what does it say? Okay, what does this righteousness which you get by faith say? The word is near you even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So, uh, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. All right, so this passage of scripture right here, this is like your foundational passage as a believer. 
that this is how your relationship with God works. And you're going to find that you got some believing in your heart, not your head, and you got some confession with your mouth, uh, and which is the expression of your faith. Because I believe this, this is what I say. And so if you really believed, you would say. And so if you're trying to like, um, okay, I need to say this, I need to say that, I need to say this. Okay, what, what, what was I supposed to say again? Uh, you know, maybe you've never been there. But if you're saying that to yourself, you do not have the word established in your heart the way it needs to be because faith, uh, or excuse me, confession is, is an outflow of your faith in God automatic. Like faith and works, you can't separate the two. It's gonna come out. Like if you're believing, you will be acting. So if you're not acting, you're not believing. You say, no, I know I believe that. No, I know you, I know you believe you believe that. <laughs> or you think you believe that is probably more accurate. But no, if you're believing it, you're doing it. So, what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Do you understand what we said? Homologeo? I'll get it right. <laughs> say the same thing as God. So if you will say the same thing as God with your mouth about Jesus mm -hmm. as Lord, do you understand? Mm -hmm. And you will believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. So with your heart, you believe to be right with God, in the fav favored by God, in the good graces of God. Like how many ways should I say it, right? And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So what happens? Well, with your heart, you believe that Jesus is Lord. You confess that Jesus is Lord with your mouth. With your heart, you, you believe that God raised him from the dead for, for your salvation or so you could be right with God. So you believe that in your heart. But you're not saved until you confess with your mouth. And confession is made unto salvation. So as soon as you confess that, after you confess that, then you're born again, not before. You ever had, I've run into people that say, I know I need to get saved. I know I need to receive the Lord. I need to, you know, come into the family of God. And, you know, I know I should do it. And I just, I just, I'm just not ready yet. And what they're saying is I want to flesh out a little more first. Um, <laughs> I'm just not ready yet. Why? Because they have the, uh, the wrong belief that when you're born again, you have more limitations. No, when you're not born again, you are a slave to those things. They drive you, they rule you, they make you do all this kind of stuff. When you are born again, the Spirit of God himself will lead you and guide you, but he does not force you. And so the confession of our mouth 
is extremely important. And with our mouth, confession creates salvation. And confession actually brings possession of the things that we see in the word. Excuse me. So you could actually, if you wanted to, to um, gauge your faith, say like on a scale of one to 10, you could actually do it by gauging your confession. And I would encourage you to gauge your confession when nobody else is around. <laughs> what I mean is not what you say in church on Sunday, but what you say on Tuesday. Because on Tuesday you find out, or maybe I should say, uh, when things happen that you don't expect or that you don't like. Because confession builds a road. So where I'm at with confession is I just need someone to speak the word. I just need the word spoke. But I really want the word spoke according to Romans 10, 17, if you go just a few more verses. So then faith uh, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Or faith comes by hearing, literally it says the rhema of God, which is the word of God which is made real to you by the spirit of God. So logos is the word of God and it has been written and it is there. And so, but I could read the logos and then I could not have rhema concerning it. So I read it and I'll be like, I want to believe that. I want that to be real to me. But if I was really honest right now, that is not real to me. Well, if you chew on it for a second and you look from the inside of uh, your own spirit, the Holy Ghost will make it real to you. The second he makes it real, faith comes. Faith is, maybe a more biblical way to say is, faith is present. Because come, uh, faith comes by hearing, uh, that word's in italics. It's so then faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Or so then faith by hearing and hearing by what God makes real to you at that moment in that situation. Now faith is a current faith. Now faith is a, sub faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Yeah. So in other words, God, you cannot separate walking in faith from being led by the Spirit because your faith is in a person, the person of God. And God speaks. And so God will speak to you. So, hallelujah. So you could actually find out your faith um, by what you're saying. And so if you want something to come to pass, what you want is you want to receive faith in that area. And so when you speak the word with the Holy Ghost or someone else speaks the word with the Holy Ghost and you grab hold of it with your own spirit, it is then possible. So remember last week, uh, uh, maybe I finished with the same story and I'll have to finish with the same story again because it's time to finish. <laughs> If we, if Brother Higgin used to say, if we don't go, we can't come back. He said, all my sermons are like a freight train. I just unhook, you know, at the end of the service and hook back up <laughs> we come back. <laughs> but you know, 
this is my life, and I think you could say the same thing for your life. If I look and I see especially the things that have happened to me in the, in the kingdom of God, it all happened because of speaking. And I'm so thankful for men and women of God that followed the Lord and spoke things so that it could be possible. Somebody say, like, like, like how is that building going to be built? Like, if we wanted to build the tallest building in the world here in Washington, D.C., how could we build that building? Do you know one of the first things we're going to do is we're going to speak? I'm going to say, I want to build the tall, oh, I'm going to say, uh, Jeff Bezos is underwriting this, and we are going to build the tallest building in the world. So I want to talk to the best architects. I want to talk to the best engineers. I, I, I want to get the best site planners. Why? Well, so what am I doing? I'm speaking. Before it can come to pass. Well, in our own life, concerning the things of God and even, even our, uh, the, the things of our own life, if I can just get that spoken, it can come to pass. But if I can't get it spoken, it's just going to be a hope and a dream. So uh, let's just, I'll, 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 I think I'll close with this. If I have a desire, you know, there's nothing like being with God and being conscious of him in prayer. You, you pray to God and he will meet you there. He said, I'll meet you between the cherubim. I'll meet you, where is that? At the mercy seat. What's the mercy seat? That's where the blood of Jesus is poured out. It's where the blood is spilled. So I'll meet with you there. And so if you want to meet with God, you got to come by the blood of Jesus. Well, how, what is coming by the blood of Jesus? That means you're coming by faith in the blood. What does that mean? Well, that means you believe that the blood of Jesus poured out for you gives you access right now to God himself. And the kind of access you have is not a timid access. We come boldly before the throne of grace. And you don't have to be perfect. Why? Because they were going to obtain mercy. Perfection does not need mercy. <laughs> so, so where this hits the rubber meets the road... Don't laugh at me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's the most interesting thing, really, to flow with the Spirit of God and then try to, like, say a, a natural, like, colloquial expression, uh, you know, that you had to pull from your regular mind, and you're, like, trying to do both at the same time. Praise the Lord. So where the rubber meets the road is if you're going to get into the presence of God, and you're going to go there, the only way you're going to go there is by faith. And if you're going to go there by faith, then your faith is going to be speaking. So if I was going to go there, then I would say, well, Father God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Why? Well, I have a desire to be in the presence of God. That desire to be in the presence of God birthed the substance of my faith. What's the substance of my faith? My action. Father God, I come into your presence right now in the name of Jesus. 
by my believing and speaking that, I'm in his presence. So that's my faith speaking. So I gave the example last week was uh, uh, the first meeting I was in with Brother Hagin, he began to prophesy. I didn't even know what prophecy was concerning that. I'd never heard it in my life that I, that I know of because at the time I didn't even know that he was prophesying. So he started to speak under the unction of the Spirit and when he spoke, he talked about the course, uh, you know, the decision that you make tonight will alter the course of your life. If you choose to go on with God or you choose not to go on with God. Well, I was engaged to not her, somebody else. And I was on my way to a different type of Bible school and uh, just many different things. But I'm so glad someone yielded to the Spirit of God and spoke words of faith. Because why? That made that possible in my life. Well, you can make it possible in your own life. By your words, you'll be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. Um, You can establish things with your mouth. And when you do, they'll come to pass. So we don't have any more time this week. So we'll have finished next week. Stand with me if you would, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you've never confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you've never received him, uh, I want to invite you this morning to receive him. There is life that has purpose beyond this world. And if you're here this morning or you're watching online and you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ, but you'd like to, I just want to invite you to email us or to lift up your hand and we'll pray with you and pray for you. You can come and pray with us at the end of the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words, the words that you spoke over us, what you called us in Christ. And Father, we declare that those words are true concerning us, that we are what you say we are and that we have what you say we have. Father, that we don't walk through our life uh, wondering, wandering and wondering, but we walk knowing with a positive, sure step. Father, that we know that we're doing exactly what you want us to do, that we're carrying not only your word, but we carry your word full of your glory. Father, we thank you for your plan for each and every one of our lives. Father, we just take a minute right now to draw near to you. Oh, Father, you are good. All of your ways are good. All of your thoughts are good. Thank you, Father, for loving us and for bringing us close and bringing us near by the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for his life poured out for us. Hallelujah. Your good and your mercy endures forever. Father, I I just plead the blood of Jesus that everything concerning our lives this week, concerning our thoughts this week, concerning our relationships this week, Father, we approach it all in light of the blood, in light of the sacrifice. Father, that we live with your ability inside of us yielded to your spirit, walking in your love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.